0: I don't always drink. Is that Corndog? Yeah, Corndog. Stop talking. I got producer Steven in the house, too. Oh, what up? What's up? What are you doing, man? I'm listening in. I'm going to
1: try to find out if I'm going to see this Pines in the Woods movie (laughs) or not. Is it anything like The Notebook? (laughs) Close. Ladies and gentlemen, brew yourselves. A cup of tea. I am Kent Garrison. And I'm Richard Barden. And this is Mad About Movies. Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world
0: crazy. God- <laughs> it's Showtime.
1: Mad About Movies is a one-hour-long conversation concerning all things cinematic first half of the show we discuss movie news movie rumors and movie rumblings and talk about what's currently piquing our interest in hollywood and for the second half of the show we go over our chosen movie of the week and we give you guys our review but be warned we will go over detailed plot spoilers as an added bonus please stay tuned to the end of each episode for our weekly recommends in which we each suggest something that you guys need to check out as soon as you can um if you haven't seen the movie of the week um listen to the first of the episode listen to the end of the episode and um Get caught up on what's currently happening in the world of cinema, Richard. This week we are focusing our efforts on what? The Place
0: Beyond the Pines. Lomina here. Who's
1: that guy? He's yours. You're
0: not gonna tell me?
1: I heard from you over a year. You just took off. My son and I should be around him. I wasn't around my dad. Looked the way I turned out. How are you gonna take care of us?
0: I can't think of another line of work that I'd rather be in. You're so smart. You can do anything you want. Just don't understand why you're doing this. I'm a cop, Jet. You got a kid? You want to provide for that kid? You got to do that using your skill set. And your skill set? Shit to hell. That was weird. It was weird not having Brian here. That was. It's kind of like the gap one. in between
1: us. You know what? It wasn't, it wasn't that weird um, when you weren't here. Um, yeah. Brian, and I didn't find it weird at all, actually. But it is a little weird without Brian. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, you had to miss a couple episodes, and uh, why don't... Brian, uh, Richard, why don't you go ahead and uh, spill the news to the audience? Brian
0: has has welcomed his
1: first child into the world. Yes. Cooper. C- congratulations to Brian and his lovely wife. Uh, yes,
0: Brian and Lindsay. Lindsay, for Gale. For the birth of their first child, we couldn't be thrilled. We can't wait to hang out with the guy. We can't wait to watch... Star Wars with him in a couple years, right? right? And MacGruber. And MacGruber. Well, that's a couple weeks. I'm going to let the yeah. kid have a couple weeks and then and then in, intro him into MacGruber. Yeah. So, um, so anyway. He- I want to say, um,
1: hello, Cooper. Uh, you'll probably listen to this someday. And you're only a few days old right now. Yep. And the world is a scary, scary place, but you're in good hands because and you I- have I- Kent and Richard as your godparents.
0: Yep, together, co co Godfathers, co God uncles. How about that? Yep, y'all love it. Love and it. you 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 may be named Cooper, but I'm just going to explain to you now. Fast and Furious Six comes out in two weeks, less than two weeks. So I'm just going to call you Dom. <laughs> yeah. So if you're if you're wondering why I call you Dom in in seven eight years, this is why. I'm just going <laughs> to refer you to this episode. Yes, exactly. Hey, hey, I, I know why. I know why Brian's gone tonight. Why? Because. Because he's hanging with Mr. Cooper. Oh! <laughs> I see what you did there.
1: Classic, classic show, by the yeah. way. What happened to Mr. Cooper? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no idea. Um, <laughs> didn't, didn't catch that finale. Uh, Richard, go ahead and uh, get us started off with a little bit of movie news.
0: Movie news? Well, we have to always start off with... Um, I am, to a lesser extent, but still to a certain extent, a Star Wars nerd. Uh, you and Brian certainly take the cake on that front more than I. Not some sure. a third, but just an enthusiasm. But uh, John Williams, J.J. Abrams has officially put it out there that he would like John Williams to score the new Star Wars movie. So uh, that's exciting. Uh, we'll know exactly what to feel um, as the movie goes on. The, the, the score will dictate our emotions for us. No, yeah. but uh, <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be, I'm sure, very very nostalgic and have a very – uh, broad sound, and I think it's i think it's a cool choice. I think a lot of things are going to be changing in this incarnation, so I think it will be neat to have some ties to the original trilogy.
1: Yeah, it is kind of hard to imagine Star Wars without John Williams. I mean, John Williams is such a part of, of Star Wars. I mean, they're one and the same at, at this point really, and um, I mean, really, one of the few highlights of the prequels was John Williams' score. I mean, he he had mm-hmm. some great, great, you know, original, brand new Star Wars themes that he that he brought into the into the prequels. Mm-hmm. So I'm I, wish, like, I bet he wishes
0: he hadn't wasted those.
1: Yeah, seriously. No, Duel of the Fates was great, you know, uh, from yeah. from the Phantom Menace. But yeah, I'm I'm. You can't complain when John Williams is involved with any with any score, really, can you? No. Um, has he done a bad score?
0: Honestly. <laughs> Uh, you would know better than I, but, uh, he's done a lot of great things. I mean, he got, he got a little bit of, of
1: criticism last, last year for, for the Lincoln score. Yeah. Um, that it but wasn't, I mean, it didn't meet its potential and, and it kind of was, you know, the, the, the movie itself kind of relied on the score a little bit too much mm-hmm. in places, mm-hmm. which I think I I could agree with that. And you probably can too.
0: Yeah, I can agree right. with that in that movie, but that's a you know an historical document almost more than a entertaining film. So yeah. if the if the music's a little uh, run of the mill or a little leading as far as in the emotion category, I c- I can tolerate it in a movie like that a lot more than others.
1: Yeah, man. But, but I mean, the combination of John Williams in like science fiction or like an action adventure movie is just incredible. I mean think about Indiana Jones and think about you know AI and Jurassic Park and all these mm-hmm. great great um, you know huge epics that he's done and um, so yeah like you said I hope he brings a little bit of that that energy that he that he put into the prequels to to episode seven and uh, but hopefully we get some familiar you know familiar themes so you know I'm sure we'll have the original fanfare at the beginning but you know after that it's 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 gonna be interesting you know he Contrary to most most people think he didn't even have the uh you know the dark side theme until the Empire strikes back, you know, the Darth Vader theme. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, one of the most famous Star Wars songs. So it seems like he's got all these, you know, great great themes built up in his head for these for these movies, you know, and he's probably been been well informed as far as what what is going to be happening in the new movie. So he's probably already, you know, talked to JJ about it and um the combination, like like I was saying about you know how he's worked with Spielberg a lot in the past, George Lucas, you know that's pretty much all he works with. He does he does some some smaller films here and there. Yeah, but but I don't think he's ever worked with Abrams before. And man, this is so exciting, so so exciting. Um, I just I just can't think of of a better person to do to do this score really. And uh, it just wouldn't feel right to be honest, you know. Dare. Han Zimmer has kind of taken over. Um he's kind of the new John Williams of our generation, mm-hmm. you know. He's kind of the like uh, electronic John Williams, if yeah. that makes sense, you know? With uh, his inception score and the dark Knight and and things like that. But I, I I just don't see Star Wars without John Williams. I just can't see it, and I'm I'm super, super happy that he's willing to do it. Um let me uh let me blow your mind a little bit, Richard. You okay. ready? You're, you're a book guy, right? Mm-hmm. You're, sure. Uh, I'm aware of the written word. You're a um, probably more than any of the people I know. You're probably more into classic literature. Um, I'm, a man, I'm a man of
0: letters, Kent.
1: Yeah. That's what I am. But you're also into movies. And um, you uh. you mentioned on the on the podcast before that if, if you could see any performance or any um, – I don't know the word I'm, I'm trying to think of, but any if you could be entertained by anything, it would be the um, the Kevin Spacey uh, Henry VIII. Isn't that what you're talking? No, uh,
0: Richard Richard the III. Third.
1: Richard the Third. Okay. So, having said that, um, get excited because a, a William Shakespeare property is making its way to the big screen. I, um, I'm aware. Are you aware of what I'm about to say? Does it involve Avengers director Joss Whedon? It does not. But uh, okay. that is, that's one we can talk about. Much Ado About Nothing yeah. is, is coming out. How, how excited are you for that?
0: Reasonably. I like the uh, the tragedies a bit more than the comedies, believe it or not. Yeah. But uh, but I'm still excited to it see seems, what he does with it. It seems
1: to be a modern take on it. Yeah, it um, And Joss Whedon is, of course, brilliant. A brilliant writer. Mm-hmm. And so... His interpretation on pretty much anything, I'm willing to, you know, accept Absolutely. and at least give a chance to. So, um, really stoked for that. That's coming out, and it's been getting good buzz. I've seen some buzz online for it, um, some early screenings, and people say it's, you know, it's exactly what you would expect. It's a great, you know, a great, well-written um, adaptation, so... Very cool. Uh, so what's,
0: but what's the one you're teasing me with? What well, I'm teasing you me with, you me, said you I... were into
1: tragedies. Yes. And uh, one of the most well-known Shakespearean plays or works is Macbeth. Yes. And so Macbeth is making his way to the big play. screen. It's making his it? way to the screen, and um, it's going to star Mac- Michael Fassbender as Macbeth.
0: Ooh. That's pretty um,
1: cool. It's, a, it's apparently going to um, go after the original – I mean it's going to use the original manuscript – Okay, and um, it's going to be as as accurate as they can make it, from what I understand.
0: Interesting. So, well, um, in. the people I that
1: see- the people behind the the King's Speech, the writers mm-hmm. behind the King's Speech, are doing it. Uh, the okay. producers behind that, and um, so uh, give me your
0: thoughts about Macbeth. I'm not very familiar with Macbeth. Have you read it? I have read Macbeth. I've seen Macbeth uh, staged several yeah. times. Uh, some to greater success than others um did you see corleonis last year kent or do you know about it no i don't what about it okay it's uh it's actually a uh let me pull it up here and get the full cast but it's it was uh ray fines actually directed it um really yeah and uh and it's uh it's him and a few other people here gosh hold on
1: was it a theatrical release
0: yeah, not mostly in Europe, not as much over here. Ah. Um, but it was very, very cool. It's got a great cast. It's Gerard Butler and Rafe Fines and uh, Brian Cox. It, it, it's also sort of a modern taste. Coriolanus is a, is a war play about, uh, you know, a, essentially a hero that is forced to leave his kind of tribe and join another. They kind of do that in this kind of cold War-ish kind of fictionalized, hyper-militaristic future. Um, but yeah. it was pretty good. It was pretty cool. Um but Macbeth is probably lower on my uh on my uh tragedy list than the other Scottish play. It can it can be messed up pretty easily. Um uh, but I think I, if I trust anybody with it it's Fossbender. It'll right. be interesting. I think Lady Macbeth is uh probably the greatest character female character yeah. in in classic uh in classic literature or uh, theater. So they're so it'll apparently be
1: apparently trying to get a big name for for her. Yeah.
0: You would uh, I mean I, I can see how every actress in the world is going to want to play that. Yeah. um uh, it's just the it's the original femme fatale. you know. Uh-huh. Uh so that's going to be to me uh well my interest in it will really hinge on that. Uh, I mean I'm already interested, but I I could be, you know, if they cast somebody really cool in that part, I'll be I'll be really excited. But uh yeah, Macbeth is cool. Um it's it's uh, the most British of the Shakespeare plays as far as terms of I mean it's Scottish, but it's the Scottish play, but uh but it's it's a very uh unlike Hamlet, you know, obviously, which is in Denmark and some of the mm-hmm. others which elsewhere this is a very uh I don't know, I think I think this could be really cool. I think is a perfect choice.
1: Now if um you're, you're definitely more familiar with Shakespeare than I am. I've read Julius Caesar, Romeo, and Juliet. I think that's gotcha. pretty much all every, most people have, have gotcha. read about Shakespeare. But um, if you could see one Shakespearean um, work make it to the big screen, what would it be?
0: Um, I mean, Hamlet is my favorite. I I always say if you're going to uh-huh. be in the Shakespeare, you might as well be in the best one. Um, but uh, that's been done so many times, right? I mean, it's done... Right. Uh, hundreds of times i've seen a million different versions of that uh i would probably actually be uh richard the third um or some of the henry the fourth and fifth plays which are the the histories are are pretty cool but richard the third i think is a little underappreciated i know uh, you know you mentioned the spacey rendition that he did with sam mendez i yeah. would love to see that in film version um but I I don't know I think that would be a really cool one that Richard the Third is kind of this uh, very Machiavellian you know hunchback leader that just double crosses everybody in the world and is the most evil and yet charismatic leader of all time um, and so uh, to see an actor of Spacey's caliber tackle that would be really neat but uh, yeah that's probably my number one and uh, but Macbeth yeah I'm interested in that that's probably one I'd like to see on the screen more there's a lot of violence in it so that could be kind of cool yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's no,
1: apparently going to have, I mean, very realistic battle scenes and it's going to be, you know, as yeah. realistic as they can as Hollywood can make it, that's, which I'm sure will be very intriguing.
0: Yeah, and that's where the Macbeth stuff bites you in the butt a little bit um, when you see it live. Because if you if you see it in a community theater or even a, a uh, Shakespeare in the Park type thing, you know, uh-huh, the, yeah. the violence is really cheesy and kind of takes you out of the play, right? Because, I mean, they can't. They, yeah. they don't have the budget for it. So seeing that with film violence – I think will really heighten the atmosphere of it. No, that's cool. I didn't know that was coming. I think you, you, that's yeah. breaking news to me, so that's exciting. Thank you. That's um, right, on my, right on my alley. Well, I'm going to make you go see that with me.
1: I will see it with you, definitely. We'll do a podcast. We'll podcast during the movie. How about that?
0: What's with this old English?
1: <laughs> has there been a, um, a Shakespearean work that's been done good Cinematically, I mean, yeah, in the your Criterion
0: opinion. you can find on Criterion the Olivier Shakespeare set, which oh, is okay. uh, Lawrence Olivier doing Richard the Third, Hamlet, and I think he like Henry the Fourth or something. I don't know. There's a few different plays. Either. Those are pretty good. Uh, I actually think the the Mel Gibson Hamlet is terrible, but oh. the Kenneth Branagh was pretty good, and then um, the Kenneth Brano also he's done a few decent ones. Each one gets worse than the last. But he did Macbeth too, I believe. But his Hamlet's pretty good. And then he did a, uh, I think, Much Ado About Nothing. Uh, or, no, or yeah, Much Ado About Nothing. That was good just for him and uh, uh, Emma Thompson. Had really, were two very good actors in that. So it can be done. Um, Brano kind of made that his thing during the 90s to do Shakespeare and keep yeah. the original tense and all that. There's a really bad Ethan Hawke Hamlet. Uh, which is like grunge rock Hamlet. Uh, that one's pretty bad. I don't think there's, really
1: bad and Ethan Hawke going the same <laughs> sentence really together. I don't think he's ever done a wrong, a bad movie, has he?
0: That one's a little rough. There's a really cool <laughs> one that I've, I haven't seen the whole thing, um, but uh, there's a cool... Who's the guy? He played Doctor Who. Not, he's not the most recent Who, but the one before. Um, David Tennant? David Tennant did a Hamlet. That's I've only seen about 20 minutes of, but it's really cool. Uh, yeah, you can great. YouTube... You can YouTube his um, "to be or not to be" speech. If any, you know, everyone knows that speech, right? Uh, and YouTube his version of that from that rendition is very cool. Uh, and you can go through that and watch that. Can go do and do that in a couple of days. Just do that oh. from from that David Tennant. Do it from the Kenneth Branagh and see if you can find the Laurence Olivier one on YouTube and just kind of compare the three. And uh, that might be an interesting I nerd will. exercise. And I'll
1: try to read Macbeth before this movie comes out. I mean, it's, sure. everyone needs to read Shakespeare. I mean, I applaud you for, you know, doing that. And I had
0: a, uh, I had a really good Shakespeare professor. She was actually from Belgium and, you know, in the right. liberal arts, you tend to take on the passions of your teachers. If you have a teacher that's good and passionate about something, you will find yourself to be passionate and good at it. Um, and I just got lucky and had an incredible, uh, Shakespeare professor when I was in college and, uh. It's really life-changing stuff. You know, Karl Rove is a uh, a infamous and famous uh, political operative. He ran uh, two of the – both the Bush presidential campaigns and he never took a political science class and he actually never graduated from college. And they said, well, how did you know how to do all these sort of operative things uh, without ever taking a political science class? And he said, my sophomore year in college, I took a Shakespeare class and that taught me everything I ever needed to know. <laughs> nice. And so, uh, you, I mean, there's a lot of – you know, it's all power management. These every play, whether they're a romance or a tragedy or a history, it's all about that shift in power and what that dynamic means, and uh, and you can learn a ton from it.
1: Well, we have Shakespeare to thank for the word swag. So yep, um, yeah, thank That's, you, Bill, wherever yeah. you are. Uh, sure. Let's move on. I wanna I wanna share this with you. A little bit of breaking news. This broke last week, and I meant to bring it up on last week's podcast, but. Um, Uh, We ran out of time. So here it is. Uh, The Daredevil rights have reverted back to Marvel. I saw that. So um, what are your thoughts on Daredevil as a character? Uh, Have you seen the first movie? And um, give me your thoughts.
0: Well, this is where you're going to have to lead the discussion. I've seen the first movie, the Ben Affleck one. It's awful. The (sighs) director's cut slightly better. That is my only exposure to the character. I've never read the comic books. I didn't know it existed before the movie. And uh, and that's it. So you're going to have to carry the load on this one. So tell me more. I want to learn. Well, act,
1: believe it or not, Richard, you actually are more experienced on this subject than I because <laughs> I haven't even seen the Ben Affleck version. Okay. Because okay. I have heard horrible things. I mean, you've seen Green Lantern and Daredevil. I haven't seen either of those. So oh, You've got to
0: see Green Lantern, Ken. Just I, I can't do it. <laughs> you have to. I
1: can't. I can't do it, man.
0: I'll come over. Once you get back from Europe. Yeah. Um, I'll come over and uh we'll make you watch it.
1: You have it on Blu-ray, so I could just yeah. borrow it from you. I have it
0: on Gold Ray.
1: That's how um, highly I think of it. Uh, limited Ed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it's um exciting that, that I mean they can possibly salvage this the franchise, you know, a little bit. And um the uh the Patton Oswald filibuster was was a big deal these, these past mm-hmm. couple weeks. Um mm-hmm. when he was talking about his ideas for, for Star Wars seven. And the way he linked the Marvel universe with the Star Wars universe was pretty funny, but pretty clever actually. In the yeah, same in the same vein, and he he mentioned there he was talking about the Last Avengers movie and how those aren't the premier Avengers, you know, like Black yeah. Widow and Hawkeye aren't aren't really Avengers, you know, and how yeah. how the new one needs to get the the Spider Man, you know, and needs Daredevil, and it really honestly looks like that's going to happen. Um, if we could get you know. In, in The Avengers too, if we could get, you know, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, and then, you know, Spider Man, Daredevil. Plus, you know, the the smaller characters, maybe Scarlet's character is still there or something. Uh that would be cool. But um it's exciting that a better actor is gonna take over that role, you know, and it's gonna get, you know, the attention mm-hmm. that it that it kinda deserves.
0: I think it would be um, funny and kind of a cool full circle thing. If that was the superhero movie that Ben Affleck finally signed on to direct.
1: <laughs> that, yeah, that was You know name, I mean? He's, like, his a, name. Yeah. Yeah, He's exactly. like, I messed He's up like, Daredevil, guys. <laughs> I'm going to fix it, too. Don't yeah, worry.
0: Exactly. I would I'm actually gonna, wouldn't be opposed to that at all. I think that would be kind of cool if they got some young actor that's really good and Affleck directed it. I think that would be a very cool full circle moment. I'm actually
1: really stoked, believe it or not, for the Fantastic Four reboot. Um, that's I, kinda coming down the pipeline. Who here. did
0: I see was casting River for that? It was somebody I'm very attracted to. I don't
1: know who is cast. Oh, no. I know, Joshua Trank is the director who directed Chronicle. Okay. And um, he has a very gritty, you know, realistic style and he really blended um CGI very well with the oh. you know, with live action. But the budget was so small on Chronicle that it's gonna be interesting to see what he can do with a big budget, you know? yeah and the Fantastic Four is another you know franchise or series of characters that deserves a, you know a good movie you know it 's absolutely arguably bigger than the Avengers you know um, as far as a well known franchise goes, but they mm. didn 't get it right the first time or the second time and so you know if we can get if these movies can get you know the movies that they deserve that's that 's what I want um in the same way that Marvel kind of rebooted the Hulk when the Avengers came out, you know, from the mm-hmm. from the Edward Norton version, absolutely. And you know, that was the first time anyone said that. Wow, finally they did it right. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Um, I think we're going to get that with Daredevil, and it's an intriguing, intriguing movie um, and concept. So that's good news. And maybe hopefully, Josh Whedon gets his hands on it a little bit, gets um, gets it, you know, headed in the right direction, and. Um, these Marvel movies coming out, man, I'm so excited for all of them. You know, it's they're they're doing all the right things. Um, they really haven't let me down.
0: Uh, no, it's in been in, it's in the, the past, good side like, of Disney. Since I,
1: you know, since 2008 when Iron Man came out, mm-hmm. uh, this is really you know it's it's been flawless. Really, you know they've they've done everything right, and they're uh, Iron Man Three comes out this weekend, and it's gonna be huge. It's already made over 200 million dollars. Um, mm-hmm overseas so it's going to be huge and um and yeah bright bright future for for marvel um anything else you want to mention for movie news richard
0: uh yeah so uh i I pulled up fantastic four to see who's being casted for it, and apparently allison williams who's on girls she's brian williams daughter um Uh, she's been uh shortlisted. brian williams from nbc yeah from nbc news oh wow uh she he has a uh, daughter, she was. She's actually a really interesting uh, girl. She's really good on girls, which is a show I really like. But uh, she also, but she has a lot of improv comedy background. She's funny, kind of like her dad. She's a beautiful, beautiful girl. Anyway, she's she is anyway. When I pull up this article, this is this will be the perfect note to end on. She is being she's been shortlisted for Fantastic Four, but also uh, she's signing on for a retelling of William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet titled yeah. Rosalind. So there's a lot of there's a lot of Shakespeare going around, man. Yeah. That's, I guess every 15 I mean, that's years. Exciting.
1: Um we Brian and I I think you aren't on the podcast um, this week, but Brian and I talked about a lot of biblical properties that are yeah. that are getting movies. And so it looks like, you know, Hollywood is going back to these classic works of literature mm-hmm. and um, realizing the cinematic potential that they have. Absolutely. So, I think if we can get, you know, a movie that's worthy of you know the um, um, significance of these stories and these um, the impact that these stories have had on on the world. Then that's a good thing. And but you know there's going to be some crappy ones too. You know it's 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 one of those things where everybody one one good movie. You know the Darren Aronofsky Noah is going to come out, and then all these Bible movies are going to come out, and yeah. there's going to be bad ones.
0: You know, Absolutely. but um, this will we'll be get, the same we'll way. Some it's good ones. It's super easy to mess up Shakespeare. I mean, the amount of talent you have to have on the acting side is hard to acquire. Question yeah. for you before we get off the of movie news. Are you a uh, are you a Christopher Guest fan? Um, not
1: particularly. Okay. Um,
0: I, I thought you might be. I just – somehow I missed this. I'm a big Christopher Guest guy. Best in show, Winnie for Him, especially. And I just saw that he has an HBO show coming like next uh, – it starts in like two weeks, like a mockumentary show. Uh, with that guy from Bridesmaids and uh-huh. uh, the entire kind of Christopher Geth, you know, the Fred Willards and the right. uh, that whole crew. Anyway, I, hadn't heard, I didn't know it existed. I thought you may have some thoughts on it. But if you're not a fan, you're not a fan. Moving on. On to, to Ryan Gosling.
1: No, let's um, – Richard, before we started this podcast, I had you watch something.
0: Um, mm. Oh, yeah. Let's the, – the Pacific Rim – you need to stop but, sending me your, you know, personal videos. Yeah. Well, Making well, me watch them at gunpoint. It was so titled Pacific
1: weird. Rim. I thought that was going to trick you. <laughs> but,
0: oh, but okay. well, you, were, you were in Los Angeles, and then the other part, we'll leave yeah, that alone. We'll leave that to the imagination <laughs> of the listeners. But um,
1: the newest Pacific Rim footage is out, and it's getting a lot of attention. I mean, yeah. the internet is a with this with this latest trailer. Um, give me your um, first impressions of it.
0: Uh, well, um, it's it's visually stunning the amount of detail, even in a YouTube video. It's, it's impressive visually. I can't imagine how impressive it would be on a 100-foot screen. Yeah. Um, I love Guillermo del Toro. I think he has a massive, um, really broad appeal. Um, even though he, he he makes sort of genre-specific movies, he has a kind of sense of whimsy about him that I find very endearing in all of his work. Even, I mean, he made Hellboy, you know, extremely marketable and uh-huh, fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? True. Uh, and I was actually talking with um, a co-worker the other day, and she's, she's a very smart, very uh, person, but she's kind of a, you know, she's a sorority girl, you know, that that type. And she was telling me that her favorite movie of all time is Pan's Labyrinth. Um, and this is not something you would expect to be in his target demo. But I think he's somebody that, if, you, if given the budget to make one of these kind of tentpole movies, could do really interesting things with it and make a really unique movie, but a movie that, you know, instead of redoing Star Wars, and we're, we're excited about Star Wars, but it is still a reboot. And instead of doing comic book properties or things like that, uh, I don't know the origin of Pacific Rim, maybe it is a comic, but I, I just mean something kind of original, but that everyone can kind of uh, say, wow, I remember where I was when I saw that, yeah. um, is, uh, I think... I think he has – I don't know if this is it. It certainly looks like this is it. But I've known for quite some time that that he has a great movie in him that everyone will love. I think he's really, really talented. So uh, this may be it. This may not be. But uh, from what I can see, it looks pretty great.
1: Yeah. Guillermo del Toro has been promoting it pretty hard um, at, at various comic cons and things like that in the past few months. And I read a quote from him. He said, every day when he wakes up, he feels like he's dreaming because of how awesome this movie is. <laughs> awesome. Like he is, he's, like, so, so proud of it. And um, all the buzz I've heard, I mean, the the director of Looper, Ryan Johnson, um, got mm-hmm. to see an early screening of it, and he was like, it's everything you want it to be, you know? it's it's It makes you feel like a kid again, you know? It's one of those, like you said, one mm-hmm. of those films that you're going to remember where you were, and it's just going to be one of those great, great cinematic experiences, and... Man, this trailer it just blew my mind, man. It just looks absolutely incredible. Like every aspect of it. Um the acting looks great. I love Charlie Day and Idris Elba. mm um, So I have a huge
0: like, crush on man crush on Idris Elba.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm I I kind of do too. I mean, dude, the guy is awesome. I mean, the guy does no <laughs> yeah. wrong, seriously. No, um, he's the man. He is the man. Um but we should yeah, get I mean, him in here for a podcast. We will. I've put in a request already. I'm just waiting to hear back. Um, but man, like this summer, I, I saw a tweet the other day. I think, and I can't remember who who tweeted it out. I wish I did because I would give him credit. But um, somebody said that this summer is shaping up to be like the summer of '83. You know, like the like '1994 or something. Like the amount of great. I mean. The guy that tweeted this had seen some of the movies, like he had seen Star Trek and Man of Steel, and he was just saying, man, like you guys are in for a huge treat this summer as far as, as far as movie goes. So I just want to express once again, my excitement for the summer and, um, we're going to do a lot, a lot of great podcasts.
0: What, what are your top three descending order three to one, uh, most anticipated movies for the summer? Okay. Um, Three
1: to one, man. I have four off the top of my head that are all, okay. like, highly anticipated, and those okay. are Rank the obvious those, four. those are the obvious ones. Uh, Iron Man 3, Star Trek Into Darkness, Pacific Rim, and um, Man of Steel. But I would also have to mention Elysium, mm. um, uh, the Neil Blomkamp, Matt Damon mm-hmm. uh, film. That one is going to sneak up on people, and it's... It's gonna, you know, steal the show. I think it's coming out late mm-hmm. summer. You know, people are gonna have worn off the hype from uh, from these Marvel films and the D- the DCs of the world, and it's right. gonna it's gonna be incredible. And okay, um, there's a few others that I, I I believe are gonna be good. I think a new Coen Brothers movie is coming out this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some smaller ones that Now You See Me uh, with about the yeah. magicians robbing banks. Yeah, that looks very I've, intriguing. It um, does.
0: I feel that comes out relatively soon, doesn't it? And I don't feel like it's been hyped enough. It looks really cool. Yeah, Um, Uh,
1: After Earth coming out, M Night mm. Shyamalan's Will Smith movie. Um, So I'm sure that'll be huge. Will Smith is, you know, the the biggest actor in the world, uh, arguably. So um, we'll have to see. But I mean, there's a handful that, you know, in my opinion, can't miss. You know, yeah. I don't see how Iron Man three is. Not no. going to be the best, you know, the best Iron Man, so... And Into Darkness is going to be... I've seen the I've seen the uh, prologue, and it's already awesome. Like, if yeah. I saw... The rest of the movie sucks, I would still <laughs> like it, because of how great the prologue is, so... Um, I'm really excited, and um, everyone subscribe on iTunes to this podcast, and stay tuned for the rest of the summer, because we're going to be breaking down pretty much every movie that comes out. Oh, Great Gatsby, too. Uh, we'll be doing that. I'm really
0: excited for that one, so... Mm. Uh, you list yours, Richard. Uh, I I think honestly, and and I don't know why I feel this way, and I, I'm I'm wrong often, so I'm probably wrong. I am the most excited for Man of Steel. I think. Yeah. When I think of like what I'm really looking forward to seeing this summer, that's probably number one. Star Trek is a close number two. Uh, Pacific Rim, and then uh, Iron Man. Here's why I'm not anticipating it as much. I kind of know it's going to be great. I know what it is. I kind of know what I'm in for, yeah. um, and I I'm I don't doubt that I'll love it. And I may love it more than all the other movies. But Pacific Rim and Man of Steel, um, I I yeah, expect there's a, kind like, of, gray there's a lot area of there, yeah, exactly. And especially Man of Steel, there's a lot of mystery there as to what even the the narrative is. So I, I I'm most kind of excited to see that if that makes some sense. Makes sense because it's kind of an unveiling, if you will. Whereas Iron Man three yeah. is kind of I know. Uh, even though it's obviously a change in tone, I, I know Robert Downey Jr. is going to be great and the effects are going to be cool and Ben Kingsley's awesome. And I just kind of know. I, I don't know. But, so Man of Steel is my number one.
1: Totally. Um, I recently read an AMA or Ask Me Anything on Reddit.com with David Goyer, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. who, who wrote Man of Steel. Right. And he, he was just gushing about it. I mean, he was just like, they're blown. Like him and Christopher Nolan were absolutely floored with how well. Zack Snyder did with the film, yeah. And there, I mean, he said in the in the AMA, I'm very very proud to have my name attached to this film. So, I mean, it looks unbelievable. I mean, Man of Steel, and honestly, my top two are Man of Steel and Pacific Rim. Like Mm -hmm. from what I've seen the trailers, those two have my interest uh, more than any other. So,
0: oh, well, sorry, Fast and Furious six is number one.
1: Yeah, bro, come on. (laughs) I I figured you were
0: saving the best for last that is what i'm honestly in my heart of hearts the most excited to, to experience so yeah. i apologize
1: i'm a, i'm excited too i really
0: am <laughs> yeah you're coming with us right are we midnight in oh, totally. or are you gonna be out of yeah. town yeah. no i'll Will be, you be here in yeah. oh, okay we'll, we'll do that together
1: hey what's up ma'am, fam kent here and yes if you're hearing from me you know it's time to talk about blue apron if you haven't tried out blue apron by now what the heck are you even doing Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh, it's sourced from local farms, and there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now, and they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy-glazed pork and rice cakes skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits holy crap and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad so take it from me try out blue apron now go to blueapron.com mad that's blueapron.com mad get three meals on us for free nothing goes better with a movie than dinner so check out blue apron blueapron.com mad blue apron a better way to cook Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. For supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. We'll do it. Uh, let's move on, shall we? Let's talk about The Place Beyond the Pines. This is your problem. This is our problem, and I'm bringing it to your attention because that's what I should do.
0: I want to do two in one day. Yeah, get up. I'm not going to let you bring us both down. There's a way out of this. You're not going to like
1: it. All right, Richard. Let's talk about this movie. Um,. Like you said, I just saw the film. I just Mm -hmm. got out of it about 30 minutes ago, actually. So um, I'll let you take over as host for now.
0: Okay. Um, Yeah, I'll I'll interview about it and then you can get to my thoughts because I saw the movie yesterday, so they're not as fresh as I just drop everything in my room. So your initial thought, I I thought that it was a pretty interesting um, movie in that it has kind of, it's almost three separate movies in one. It has kind of three different protagonists, right? I mean, uh, we'll talk spoilers later, but for certain reasons, certain characters don't exist all the way through the movie. Uh Um, What was your thought? It's kind of a jarring. It's kind uh,
1: of, yeah, like you, I mean, definitely a good word to to describe it is jarring. Um, Honestly, man, like I had no clue what this movie was about when I went into it. Yeah, me either. Um, I had heard good things, but on purpose, I didn't, you know, research the plot at all. Um, I didn't really know who was in it besides Gosling and Cooper. Um, Honestly, I didn't know Bradley
0: Cooper was in it when I went and saw it. Yeah, Um,
1: pleasant surprise. It's uh, very good casting, and Mm -hmm. and man, this this is just such an intriguing, intriguing movie for so many so many reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, how many more stunt? Drivers is Ron Ryan Gosling going to play in a movie though? You know, seems
0: saying? to be this seems to be his niche is uh, is uh, this yeah is stunt drivers. I, I think he's playing Evil Knievel in a biopic next.
1: He needs to man. He really does. That's a good. That's actually a great idea. Um, but the, the beginning of the film is very similar to Drive. Mm-hmm. Um, the opening of the movie, especially um, there's the opening scene is is one continuous shot kind of following, um, following Ryan Gosling's character as he um, gets on a motorcycle and, and does a, a motorcycle stunt show. The mm-hmm. way it's shot is very similar to Drive. Um, Ryan Gosling really knows how to act with the back of his head more than any actor I've seen. And maybe Daniel Day-Lewis, um, arguably, in yeah. Lincoln. He did no, some great, great back-of-head
0: acting. <laughs> He's the best. I mean, when you yeah. want back-of-head acting, you call him Gosling. Yeah. He's a pro
1: but but on 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 a serious note man he he is just absolutely great in this movie mm-hmm. um, for the short time he's in it. Um, yeah, I think we can um, go into spoiler territory now. Uh, go see the movie. It's great. Uh, I'll just say that if you want to stop listening now but um uh, it was quite jarring um, the The actual plot of the movie was very very intriguing um I love love, love bank robbery, any movie involving any kind of heist or bank robbery. Is just you know sign me up. Um, Oceans, the Ocean series is some of my one of my favorite you know series of mm-hmm. of films in a long time. I love the Bank Job. So did I. Um, Thirty minutes or less, kind of did a comedic uh, take on.
0: I never saw that. Is that worth seeing?
1: Uh, I mean it's a comedy. You know it's like you're yeah. gonna love it or hate it. Aziz Ansari absolutely steals the movie. He's absolutely hilarious in every every scene he's in. Um, bit, like I said, the uh, the idea. It was great for for thirty minutes or less. It's um, the the plot is basically you know a guy gets a bomb strapped to him and he has to rob a bank within thirty minutes. Yeah. It's based off a true story, but it's a very intriguing storyline. So um, I'd recommend it if you like you know just you know decent comedies. But okay. um, having said that, any anything involving a bank robbery, I'm definitely on board with. And the the uh, first hour it's, aside this,
0: from we should we should say though with the disclaimer except for. Actual bank robbery. You're not on board with that.
1: I'm not necessarily going to, you know. I've dabbled, you know. Um, but, man, the, the first hour of this movie is absolutely great. Um, it's basically an action movie for the first hour. Um, it, the way it, they, they follow Ryan Gosling around while he's robbing these banks is just absolutely breathtaking. Um, mm-hmm. I was, you know, stunned, really, with with how those were shot and the way they followed mm-hmm. the motorcycle around what were your thoughts on on the bank robbery uh sequences
0: uh, they were they were excellent um among the coolest i've ever seen yeah uh i was i'm actually i'm to be in this director right now because i'm curious has he made anything else he made a of, movie
1: called blue valentine um oh that yeah i with haven't Gosselin. seen with i Gosselin. have seen that movie
0: yeah okay. and uh how is and, that it's it's very good. It is very good. It's super depressing. Um, Michelle Williams is unbelievable in that movie. Uh, I don't if you've ever, you, you know, Ryan Gosling's a pretty charismatic, interesting performer. Uh, he he gets totally outshined in that movie. Michelle Williams is unbelievable. One of the one of the best uh, roles I've, ever, I've seen in the last ten years. Yeah. Um, no, that's a, that's an excellent movie, and, and I can see those similarities now. He 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 shoots things in an interesting way. Um, Definitely. He's 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 good. i will be interested to see what he does next. No, this movie had really exciting, like you said, almost POV, you know, yeah. uh, scenes, um, in in really set it out visually, and then narratively, I thought it was interesting. As we yeah. were saying, Ryan Gosling is, is is very charming and charismatic, and uh, you know, a character you really uh, believe in and are ready to follow totally. through this you're journey. Really,
1: you're really ch- pulling for him. You know, and then uh, a third of the despite, way through, despite him robbing banks every you know ten minutes, Yeah. you're really pulling for him.
0: A third of the way in, boom goes the dynamite, <laughs> right. and uh, out the window goes uh, goes yep. Ryan Gosling, ne'er to be seen again.
1: Let's talk about um, Bradley Cooper. Um, mm-hmm. To my knowledge, this is the first film that Bradley Cooper has played a cop. Uh, right, kind of took me by surprise, but I gotta admit, he played a pretty awesome cop. Um, especially the scene, like you just said, the scene where he kind of, um, finds Gosling's character and kind of, you know, tries to apprehend him. That was very well done. And, um, I couldn't believe it. Honestly, when Gosling fell out the window, you know, I, know. I, I was sitting there in the theater and I knew this was a, you know, a two and a half hour movie.
0: I did and, not.
1: And, <laughs> and when it happened, I was like, you gotta be kidding me right now. Because I was so in engulfed in, like, yeah. the bank robbing. I was like, don't tell me the rest of this movie is not going to have any more bank robbing, you know? Because um, it was done so well. Um, but uh, I got to admit, Bradley Cooper does a great job of of, of carrying the movie um, in, in Gosling's absence. It's kind of, like you said, this movie has kind of three protagonists and the fact that Gosling, in the first third of the movie, is the protagonist and the audience is really... Really sympathizes with him um, mm-hmm. and and you really get a sense of his motivation and after that um, I'd say Bradley Cooper would be the best example of arguably you know protagonist antagonist all in one you know you're kind of yeah. pulling for him to do the right thing but mm-hmm. you don't really ever get the sense that he will do the right thing you know um, even though he he does um, tell me uh, tell me about um, the whole um plot line with with cooper and the in the police
0: yeah it, it was interesting, so he he becomes a sort of hero when he kills Gosling and then is is conflicted in the attention that it gives him. he's also wounded uh so in his time of leave becomes more and more of a hero, and then uh kind of finds himself is is he he they keep telling him he should be a lawyer does he have a law degree?
1: The I, don't, way I movie, don't think he
0: does. I the think, movie's weird because they're like, "You should just be a district attorney," and yeah. I was like, "Well, you can't just—I mean, like, you can't just do that." I don't <laughs> think he has a law degree.
1: Remember um, when he's talking to uh, Bruce Greenwood's character? He yeah. says, "I want to be assistant DA, and I want to pass my bar exam." Yeah, like basically, I want you guys to give me a passing grade, and I don't want to have to take it. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah. So he kind of dives into this world of um, uh, police uh corruption. Corruption uh both as a witness to and then off, oftentimes a uh a participant therein and, and and it kind of launches his uh his career and uh from there, you know, we get to watch this very conflicted character, you know, while Gosling's character was conflicted um in the civilian ranks, we get to watch someone be kind of conflicted within the uh ranks of police and then you know law enforcement in general. Interesting character. Didn't like didn't find him as captivating, although I, I do like uh Cooper a lot. Uh I didn't find him as captivating as Gosling's character. Definitely not. Um, could have used more gosling, could have used less yeah. Cooper, even though I don't think it was his fault, it was just sort of the way it was written. I was and hoping
1: then- honestly that Gosling was gonna come back, you know. Like he wasn't dead or something. I I, I was just a, right. a fanboy's dream, but um it didn't it didn't happen.
0: No, and uh, and and then I I really didn't care for the um, the kind of their two sons coming together. Yeah. Um, didn't I thought? Oh, we didn't discuss we, Eva Mendes and you yeah. ever played Kofi? Um, I don't know the actor, but we're very good as well. I think Eva Mendez is a pretty good actress. She is. She she's does very.
1: Things. You know, you always forget about her until she mm-hmm. shows up in a movie, and you're like, wow, how great is she? You know? Yeah, she's really good. Um, she too seems, fast, too furious, Richard.
0: I, I know, trust me. I know. I've got a p I've got the poster in my office. Yeah. Um Signed by the entire cast. Uh nice. no, but yeah, I, I I just thought that the it was a good movie. I thought it I lost interest with it every time it went into a new story. Like I was the most interested in Gosling, I was slightly less interested in Cooper, and then I was very much less interested in when their two sons started going to school, which is still tied in with the Cooper storyline, but kind of feels like its own storyline story as well. Yeah. Um, uh, that, to me, was just kind of boring and, and useless. Yeah, uh, And doesn't even really serve the purpose to tie everything together, because everything's kind of tied together anyway. With the pictures in the wallet and all that stuff, just kind uh-huh. of cheesy. Right. Uh, didn't, didn't care for any of that. But on the whole, I like the movie. Um, but yeah, it just made me want... It was. I actually didn't like Drive that much. I didn't think the script was that good. I thought it was shot really cool, and I thought the acting was great, but I didn't think the script was anything special. And this is kind of that movie, I think if it had just gone, if they'd stretched out the Gosling part, could have been like a better version of Drive. Um, And it was disappointing to not see that fleshed out more in the favor of you know, these other less interesting characters, but it was fun for, for on the whole, it was fun. Weird release time though. Don't you think this doesn't seem like a, it seems like an Oscar. It seems
1: like an October, you know? Yeah. It's Uh, it's, it's kind of, kind of interesting what the, the studio, I mean, it's obviously an independent film, but Mm -hmm. it's interesting what the studio, you know, their plan was to, for this movie. Um, Because I feel it's good, you know, and I feel that people would be talking about it, Um, had this been, you know, later in the year, um, it's really a shame, you know, last week it was showing everywhere. And, you know, when I went to see it this week, I think it's in half the amount of theaters that it was in last Mm. week. And so it's kind of, you know, already, you know, kind of.
0: Yeah. Fading away away a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of run its course.
1: And it's really kind of sad because I mean, it's such a great, you know, um, concept for a movie and it's such it has such great moments and it has such good acting Mm -hmm. that i feel it you know deserves more than than it's gonna get but i feel that it'll definitely be one that people are gonna you know talk about for for a while um i was kind of hoping that you know the 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 plot line with you know ryan gosling's character dies but he had a kid you know he had a one-year-old yeah and and bradley cooper's character shoots ryan gosling uh, but he also has a one-year-old, so he's mm-hmm. sympathizing with Gosling, with having killed Gosling, because, oh my gosh, I just took the father away from this little kid. You know how awful would that be if that happened to me? Right. Um, I I I like that narrative. I um. I wish, I wish that you know that Gosling's character uh, son later in the film. I don't know the actor's name that plays him. His name is um. um he was also in Chronicle. His name is Dane DeHaan.
0: Mm.
1: And what a great actor that guy is. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also playing um, Osborne, uh, Harry Osborne, in the new Spider-Man. Okay. So he's going to take over f- Franco's character in that. But um, what a great actor he is. And I, I, I really f- – the casting was great there. I mean he really kind of has that gosling like outlaw mm-hmm. vibe to him. And I really hoped – that you know, the last thirty minutes, you know, the third act, we got, um, we got his son. You know, when he buys the motorcycle, we get his son robbing banks. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I wish that 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 had happened, where he tries to kind of fill in his dad's shoes and kind of tries to do what his he thought his dad would have done in, the, mm-hmm. in those situations. And and I wish you know Cooper would have had to apprehend his son, but then. What is forced with the um, at the end is forced with the decision to shoot him or not. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's like he's like finding himself in the exact same position he was in at the beginning. And would he do that again if he had the chance? You know. Um, so unfortunately, I didn't direct this film because it might have been a little bit better <laughs> at the end. I uh, talk to me about the ending. How did you feel that it ended? I felt, you know, I felt it could have. Gone on longer, actually. I felt like it really ended kind of prematurely, in as far as narratively,
0: yeah, it it, it was weird because it kind of set everything up for a hyper clean ending, but then it, yeah,
1: it, it didn't give you that. Yeah. And then
0: it didn't give you that, though. It, it, you know, the hardest thing to do in a movie is is to end it satisfactorily, especially when you're you're doing a non formularic narrative such as this. So I mean, I, I don't it's, it doesn't ruin the movie the ending. But it's not; it does leave sort of a bad taste in your mouth. Um, yeah, it, it, you're right. I mean, you don't get enough god. It feels like the middle of this movie is way too big. Yeah. And the beginning and the end are not nearly big enough. And you're right; it's a two and a half hour movie that you're tired of sitting through, but you still think could be longer. Yeah. Um You you, you, know. you
1: sit through the middle, hoping that the end will will have the same energy as the beginning had. Yeah. And it never happens that way. Um. It's just such a shame, man, because Gosling was so good at the beginning, and the, the beginning was so great, that yeah. if they had kept that up longer, maybe even 30 minutes to an hour longer, <laughs> and maybe if Gosling had died prior to the third act, and we only had one act of the kid, you know, Gosling Gosling dies, and then they show you the 15 years later thing, mm-hmm. you know, and there's not that huge window in between of Cooper, you know, struggling with his feelings and, and all that. You know, it turned way too too much into a drama for me mm-hmm. um towards the middle and not enough of the action drama that, that it was at the beginning. But man, I can't say enough good things about the beginning of the movie. Um it made it worth it for me to sit through it um because of how great it was. And man in your opinion, Richard, is there any other actor in Hollywood that's that plays a better outlaw than Gosling? You know? No. I mean, he's really like a James Dean type figure now. Yeah, you know, absolutely. He, he doesn't even have to say a word. He just kind of stares, you know, head down, looking up, kind of staring in the camera, and he's just so intimidating and um, just so gripping in, mm-hmm. in all that he does.
0: No, um, he's he's exceptionally charismatic. Uh, sometimes I think he he uses that as a crutch. In yeah. some performances I've seen, like he knows – Drive being uh, an example of that where it just relies so much on his charisma and just not on any sort of layered writing uh, uh-huh. so, but this movie I think uh, really gets gets the best of Gosling um, and it's always easy to like somebody more um, when you see less of them right uh, and so <laughs> the, the early death uh, probably makes that character even more compelling and, and That's wanting. True. If we got two hours and forty minutes of that character, we we may not like him so much. But uh Yeah. No you're right. He, he he it was a really, really strong performance from him and in a very good sc- really well written character. Yeah. And uh the stunts even you know, simply his motorcycle stunts sound were really kinda of captivating and very, very cool. Something I hadn't really seen that intimately on mo- on film before. Yeah. You uh, really get
1: the sense that they were shooting all that for real, you yeah. know, and um and the whole the whole um part where he's teamed up with the uh, the guy from the place beyond the pines
0: mm, and yeah.
1: he's, you know, the guy's driving the box truck and they parked it in various locations. You know, that was just so clever, man. That was like Christopher Nolan or something. Yeah. Or, you know, like, like it reminded me of the scene in, uh, in the dark night where the Joker robs the bank and then the bus busts through the back of the, mm-hmm. the back of the bank and he drives away, you know, it's just like so slick, so sneaky, so clever. Um, But man, if they had made a whole movie out of just the bank robbing, it would have been interesting. And I mean, it seemed like seemed like the guy that made this movie was like, "All right, I want to make an action movie, but I want to make a drama too, and I really like family dramas too." You know, so it's like it literally, like you. I mean, you said it best, right? I mean, your first sentence in this in this review, it really is three movies into one, and it's Mm -hmm. it could be three movies if it if it wanted to. Um. Overall, Richard, what would you grade this movie?
0: I would give it a B minus to a B, somewhere in there. Yeah.
1: Um, what way? What way do you think it, it could be better?
0: I just think it it you know it has a lot of uh, masters to pay. You know, you set up this sort of broad multi character protagonist. You know, it, while while I I will praise the film for working. In, outside of the formulaic, you know, one protagonist, one antagonist, um, that formula exists for a reason <laughs> because it's really hard to pull off uh, a movie without it. Uh, so I would have liked to see a more structured movie around...
1: More, a more defined antagonist.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Me too. You know, it's essentially a movie about people dealing with their own demons and uh, that can only stay interesting for so long. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, I. that's
1: totally... Totally accurate. I mean, so it really. I mean, a lot. I mean, the vast majority of this movie is just Bradley Cooper sitting there, you know, toying with his own emotions. And um, um, I wish we had would have had a little bit, a little bit less than that. And like you said, if it had more traditional structure, I think that kind of would have benefited it a little more. It mm-hmm. would have been a tighter film. Maybe, yeah, cut out a few, a little bit of it. But hey, guys, you know, we got Ray Liotta. Um,
0: <laughs> I meant to bring that up. You beat me to it. Yeah. yeah. Ray Liotta signing, so that's good.
1: Bruce Greenwood, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of great acting in this movie. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Totally. And and Leota's always great. And some Hall oats Oates references. I knew you would love that, Richard.
0: I was fired up for that.
1: Um, so, any other thoughts on, on The Place Beyond the Pines?
0: That's all I have. Interesting. Uh, didn't really fit for this time of year. Kind of a are probably our last uh, our last non-summer movie for a while that we'll be reviewing uh-huh. so kind of worked out well for the podcast to kind of uh, end the uh you know quiet movie season and and now let's ramp up you know next week with Iron Man Two and get this podcast kicking
1: Iron Man three
0: Iron Man three uh, th- wait, Iron Man Two already came out
1: You know what you need to go see it because <laughs> it's incredible I mean it'll blow your mind. And I'm being okay. as facetious as I possibly
0: can <laughs> yeah. with that. No, um, I'm 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 excited for Iron Man 3 and and uh, I'm excited to break it down. Will we have Brian back next week? Do we know?
1: I hopefully. Uh, we okay. miss him. He has seen The Place Beyond the Pine, so we'll have to get his you know short one sentence review yeah. um, next podcast of it. But uh, his impression that he gave me was he really enjoyed it and he he thought that we would have fun talking about it. So it's definitely an intriguing film. I mean as far as dramas that have come out this year, um, I would probably rank it as the best. Um,
0: oh yeah, I, I haven't no, seen certainly. any
1: other dramas really that have come out, but there there have been some. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's definitely I would put Oblivion and Place Beyond the Pines as maybe the top two best films of the year so far. Mm-hmm. Um, would you agree with that?
0: Uh, well, yeah, two best non-Tyler Perry movies of the year.
1: Yeah, well, that's obvious. I mean. You can't really top Tyler Perry. I mean, no. that's why they keep making the movies because they're so great. <laughs> um, I just wanted to wrap up by saying, um, go see this film. Um, it's not going to be out for long. Um, it'll be on demand and, and all that, but it's definitely worth you know worth checking out. It definitely has you know great moments in it, and it if you like heist films. You know, watch the first hour of this because it's yeah. almost as good as you're going to get as far as a realistic, gritty um, heist film. And the guy's robbing banks by himself, you know. It's not like some orchestrated thing. The dude is just driving up to banks, walking in them and robbing them, you know. It's really, really, really well done and um, really, really had my attention. So um, I the grade I would give this movie, like you said, I'd probably give it a B, um, average B, not a B plus, not a B-, minus. Um, it's a solid drama. It has its moments, and um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to to seeing what we're gonna get from Gosling from from here on out. Because I mean, he's he's got so much potential, but he does such crap movies like Gangster Squad randomly, you know, and stuff yeah. like. I just hope he doesn't become a James Franco type guy. You know, James Franco when he did, did the James Dean movie, he was like, "Oh, this is the next outlaw guy." You know, this yeah. is gonna be. I hope. I just hope his career. He picks the right. The right stuff and, and it really looks like he has so far you want to move on to movie news i mean uh you want to sure. move on to weekly recommends
0: sure I'm, I'm ready uh go ahead i am going to recommend lampums quarterly okay so so we we've had uh movie recommendations yeah we've had television recommendations right we've had book recommendations have we had music yet
1: um. No, we we have the music documentaries, but not yeah. Not, documentary
0: recommendations. We haven't had music yet. But I'm now going to give us. I'm going to break new ground here and give us a periodical recommendation. Okay. So Lewis Lampham was the uh, editor in chief of Harper's Magazine uh, for 30 years or so. He invented the Harper's Index, which you see now. Kent, you should Google the Harper's Index. So should our listeners. And it's just a really cool. Uh, once a week, um, stats compilation, and all the numbers sort of tie together in list form. You see him all the time now, but he kind of invented this uh, as far as journalism goes. Anyway, he left uh, five, ten years ago and started a quarterly publication called Lampums. Uh, Kent, you should really get this. I've turned a few people onto this. You should go to Barnes & Noble. Okay. It's a little pricier than most magazines. It's like 12 to $16, somewhere in there. Uh, but it only comes out every three months, and it has – Essentially, it accumulates great writers writing about a single topic. So I've got two episodes, oh, two issues right here in my lap. Uh, the first one I hold is uh, Winter 2013, and it is uh, the f- the theme is intoxication. So it's it's all about alcohol and uh, drugs and, and things like that. And it's it's that it has the most beautiful beautiful graphic design I've ever seen in any publication. But here's some of the writers featured in this: um, Billy Holiday, Ernest Hemingway. Roald Dahl, uh, Martin Luther, oh, wow. Kingsley Amos, Harpo Marx, Dorothy Parker, Francine Prose. I also now hold the Spring 2013 Lamb Quarterly in My Hand, which is about animals. Oh, yeah. And we've got Aesop and Willa Cather, uh, Rudyard Red- Kipling, Ovid. Um, so, I mean, just a lot of really cool historical writing as well as contemporary writing on a single, single topic, uh, some of it journalistic, some of it fictional, some of it memoir-based, and you can just... Learn all about a single topic, um, and 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 read all about it. They have some really cool, and just go to Barnes and Noble and flip through it. I promise you'll be hooked uh, because they the the graphics and everything are, will really pop at you. I think it's the best designed uh, periodical. Great, it's just it's it's great to have on your coffee table for when people come over to your house. You look smart, yeah. That's uh, but what it's I was also, They're going to think you're really smart, but you just uh, it's also just great to flip through for five minutes, you know, every day. And uh, read, you know, one of the pieces in it or just kind of flip through. I probably don't read the whole thing. I probably read – if there's 40 pieces in there, I probably read 20 of them. But it's just kind of cool to have. You, you get a lot out of it. Um, and uh, you get to kind of read these great historical pieces uh, but about a single topic. So, you know, you get to learn all about animals in a kind of elegant way. So Lantham's Quarterly, L-A-P-H-A-M-S Quarterly. Uh, my favorite, my favorite magazine, going right now. So there's that. Kent, your recommendation of the week?
1: Uh, yeah, um, I think I have recommended uh, before uh, this series, but I wanted to mention a specific episode of this series for for my rec- recommend this week. Um, I've mentioned and we've talked about ESPN's Thirty for Thirty um, numerous times, I think, on the show, and uh, you and Brian and I are are huge fans of of those documentaries. Mm-hmm. and uh the last one that came out uh came on TV was called Elway to Marino. Mm yeah. Uh, did you see this?
0: I did. I just saw it the other day actually.
1: Yeah, and um last week was the NFL draft, uh 2013. And um it's just really really intriguing um time in in, you know, in sports uh during the draft. Um seeing where all these players end up and how their careers pan out is really um you know they can make movies about about all the failures and and mishaps about all that, and they have before. But um, this one focuses on the 1983 draft, I believe, in which um, feature John Elway and Dan Marino.
0: Absolutely, 30th anniversary was was this this past week. So that's right. That's Historic right. draft. Yeah. As well as um, Jim Kelly and a few other people were in the draft. draft.
1: Right. And so. Um. Basically, Dan Marino was rated as number one going into the draft. Um, Everyone thought he was going to be the number one pick. Um, Ended up being John Elway, who um, at the time was drafted by the Baltimore Colts, who were at the time going through a lot of management trouble and ownership trouble um, and eventually moved to Indianapolis a year or two later. Um, So John Elway refused to play for them. And it it talks about um it talks about why he refused to play for them, where he ended up, how he ended up there, but it really talks about also Dan Marino falling so so back in the draft. I mean he was, I believe, the sixth quarterback taken in that draft. Wow. Um, which is unbelievable to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, considering he he leads the NFL in all time touchdowns and passing yards. So yes. um it, it just talks about, I mean, all the teams that he was going to go with. I mean, um, we're Dallas Cowboys fans. Um, I'm currently working with the Cowboys, and it would have been interesting had he had he been on the Cowboys back in the 1980s. Um, you don't know how, if they ha, would have won any Super Bowls. You know, they won three Super Bowls in the 90s. Probably wouldn't have won any because Marino, you know, of course, is well known for not winning a Super Bowl, perhaps being the best quarterback of all time that never won a Super Bowl. But it is a um, very, very good documentary if you're into football and what American isn't. Um, definitely check it out. Um, you can, I believe, watch them on the website. But ESPN has done a really great job of, of adding these 30 for 30 documentaries to Netflix you know, within weeks of, of them coming out. And so the latest ones that have come out, you, know, I, you don't know Bo. Did you see that one?
0: Absolutely. About Jackson? That might be my favorite one, 30 for 30
1: yeah, that one just recently came out on Netflix, and so I would recommend that one as well. Uh, but check out Elway to Marino. It's about an hour and a half long, so I mean it's a full movie, um, but it's very, very well done. I mean I, these 30 for 30s are just so great. I, I really hope they never, never stop making them. Um, so props to Bill Simmons for for getting that started and shout Absolutely. out to him because I know he's a listener.
0: He is a listener. He's been in my car, man. He has. So he's got to listen to our pod.
1: He likes Starbucks, apparently.
0: Yeah, and ATM machines. I've done both with them.
1: <laughs> nice. Um, anything else you want to mention, Richard, before we get out of here?
0: Uh, no, that's all. Thanks for listening. Brian, We can not if you're listening, we can't wait to have you back. And uh, for our listeners that are big Brian Gill fans, we, we appreciate you uh, putting up with us.
1: Yeah, totally. And uh, welcome, Cooper, to the world. Can't wait to meet you, little buddy. And um, can't wait to, like we said, share these cinematic experiences with you. And, uh, Richard... I think I speak for you when I say that, man, um, from here on out, um, it's summer. You know, It's summer movie time. It. Iron Man 3 this weekend, Great Gatsby next weekend, Star Trek the weekend after that. So, um, man, it's going to be a great, great summer for the Mad About Movies podcast. So definitely subscribe and stay tuned. Please do. Richard, where can I find you online, sir?
0: You can find me on Twitter at Barton or at RichardBarden.com.
1: You can find Brian Gill online at bgill12 on Twitter. I will mention Mm -hmm. that. You can find me online on Twitter at Kent Garrison. It's Kent like Clark Kent. Um, You can email the show, madaboutmoviespodcast at gmail.com. And you can uh, subscribe on iTunes, leave a comment on iTunes. If you do that, we'll uh, we'll give you a shout-out. I notice a few of you have been doing that. And so pretty much every time I log on and see, there's been one or two more additional ratings. And right now we're at five stars, so... Um, like Richard has said before, I guess that means we're perfect. So, keeping in going, yeah. guys.
0: We don't know. We don't know if we're messing up unless you tell us. So, as of right now, this is the greatest podcast in history.
1: Totally. Uh, well, um, I'm excited for next week and um, excited for this for this season. So, on that note, um, until next time, we'll see you at the cinema. See ya. Goodbye.